A very good morning to you. And now on RTHK, it's time for Letter to Hong Kong with Ronnie Tong, Executive Counselor. The following program is a personal view program. Let's be totally frank. The magnitude of negative reaction of most Western countries led by the U.S. to the Hong Kong national security law took everyone by surprise. Surprise because it is difficult to see any real rational or legal basis behind such reaction. There are two major accusations, neither of which can withstand scrutiny. First, the national security law violates, in quotes, the Sino-British Joint Declaration. Secondly, the freedoms of Hong Kong people are thereby curtailed. Let's look at each of these accusations in turn. I don't wish to call the alleged violation of the John Declaration absurd, but it is hard to find a better word. The John Declaration never mentioned anything about national security, let alone any implied promise that China, by regaining sovereignty over Hong Kong, would give up its unarguable sovereign right to safeguard itself on matters of national security. Quite the contrary, clause one of the basic policies of the People's Republic of China regarding Hong Kong, on which the John Declaration was based, made it abundantly clear that the very foundation of regaining sovereignty over Hong Kong was in order to uphold national unity and territorial integrity of China. Clause 2 of the Basic Policies further stipulated that Hong Kong SAR would come directly under the authority of the central government and enjoy a high degree of autonomy. But that doesn't mean that Hong Kong could somehow thereby usurp or displace the central government's power to legislate in relation to matters of national security. This is not surprising, as even in Western countries, matters of national security is the responsibility of the central or federal government rather than that of the provincial or state government, let alone a city government. So what violation are we talking about? The second accusation about perceived erosion of the freedoms of people of Hong Kong is equally difficult to understand. Yes, Clause 5 of the Basic Policies did mention that the freedoms of the people of Hong Kong would be ensured by law. In Part 13 of Annex 1 of the John Declaration, China explained that the Hong Kong SAL government, and I quote, shall maintain the rights and freedoms as provided for by the laws previously in force in Hong Kong, close quote. Such rights and freedoms were never meant to be capable of overriding national security. This is because even before resumption of sovereignty by China, the British colonial government had already enacted various national security laws in Hong Kong, protecting the UK government, which directly impacted on the freedoms and rights of Hong Kong people in relation to crimes like treason, sedition, official secrets and the like. In other words, even under British rule, the rights and freedoms of the people of Hong Kong had already been subjected to national security limitations. The John Declaration accepted this from day one, so why is Britain now reneging from this understanding? In any event, this whole concept about freedoms and national security being in conflict with one another and cannot coexist is archaic and misconceived. In this respect, Americans should know better than anyone. Isn't it their very past President Roosevelt who said, and I quote, order without liberty and liberty without order are equally destructive? End of quote. Where is order if there is no national safety? The modern concept of freedom is never without limitation, 
one only needs to look at the International Covenant on Civil and Political Rights, the ICCPR, to understand this. All freedoms mentioned in the ICCPR are subject to limitations by reason of national security and the other public and private interests. Ask any government and they will tell you the same. They only say it differently when it comes to China. If this is not double standards, I don't know what is. If we properly understand the concept of freedom, we will also understand the Clause 1 of the basic policies emphasizing on the importance of national unity and territorial integrity is never in conflict with Clause 5, which underlines the importance of Hong Kong people's freedoms and rights under the one country, two systems. In fact, safety of the nation on the one hand and freedoms and rights of the individual on the other are but two sides of the same coin. We need to strike a proper balance, and that is exactly what the Hong Kong national security law is trying to do. If you look at the full text of the national security law, you will see that Article 4 reiterates the applicability of the two well-known international human rights conventions which are enshrined in the basic law, the ICCPR and the International Convention on Economic, Social and Cultural Rights. Article 5 also sets out common rule of law principles safeguarding the rights of the accused. What is more, unlike archaic treason laws of the US and the UK, which are still in force today, the primary offences under national security law are well defined and in line with modern day requirements of such offences. For example, apart from secession, the rest of the offences all require the presence of either violence, use of force or unlawful means. In the case of secession, what is required is the organization, planning, commission or participation of acts which would lead to the separation of Hong Kong from the rest of China or altering the legal status of Hong Kong by unlawful means or the surrendering of Hong Kong to a foreign country. Let's face it, there is nothing vague about such offenses, nor are they unreasonable infringements on the freedoms of the Hong Kong people. But the most important safeguard is that Article 8 stipulates that the national security law would be enforced by Hong Kong's own law enforcement agencies and fully independent judiciary. Article 40 also provides that the SAL government shall have jurisdiction over offences under the national security law save in three clearly defined situations under Article 55. These three situations are, first, where due to involvement of a foreign country or external element, meaning Taiwan, a case is too complex and difficult for Hong Kong to handle. Given the fact that both the John Declaration and the Basic Law make it clear that matters of foreign relations and national defense are outside the autonomy of Hong Kong, such provision is by no means unreasonable. The second situation is where a serious situation occurs which renders the SAR government unable to effectively enforce the national security law. And the third situation is where a major and imminent threat to national security has occurred. It is important to note that of the three situations, the first is a situation which involves issues in a specific case which are outside the autonomy of Hong Kong, while the other two refer to a general state of affair prevailing in Hong Kong or the rest of China. These are all specific emergency situations and most unlikely to happen, which by its very nature most unlikely to affect ordinary prosecutions under the national security law.
There is thus no basis whatsoever for suggesting that the central government will step in to enforce the law whenever it likes. Since the passing of the national security law, life has gradually returned to normal in Hong Kong. There are no mass arrests of dissidents and no shutting down of media. Quite the contrary, people continue to criticize the central and the SAR governments, both publicly, in the media, as well as over personal social media. People accused of committing crimes of rioting, unlawful assemblies, and other public order offenses continue to be granted bail or acquitted by the courts. There are no additional restrictions on marches, rallies, or other protests, save those necessarily imposed by reason of COVID-19. In other words, people of Hong Kong continue to enjoy and exercise their rights and freedoms as guaranteed by the basic law just as before. There is a Chinese saying in Hong Kong, and I quote, nothing can falsify the truth, end of quote. It is an undeniable fact that no rhetoric from the West can turn national security and freedoms of the people into competing or conflicting values, nor would it diminish the success of the one country, two systems, whether before or after the passing of the Hong Kong national security law.